Hello and welcome to the Maths Communications 2021 podcast, a series of podcasts where we explore various archives and collections. My name is Faith Williams and I'm joined today by Anne-Marie Purcell, archivist for the University of West London. Hello Anne-Marie, would you like to introduce yourself and talk about how you came to be working at the University of West London? Oh, hello there Faith. Hi, um, my name is Anne-Marie Purcell and I am the archivist at the University of West London. So um, how I came to be working at UWL. Um, so approximately four years ago, I took the job as archivist. Uh, the university had previously not had a uh, archives department in place. Um, so this was a new role. And basically it was initiated as part of a project to catalogue a external collection which had recently been acquired by the university relating to Heathrow and so my job was involved in uh, basically cataloguing that and also making the items available for a permanent exhibition which would be in place at the university and has since been installed as is in place at the moment still. So what what kind of work do you do with, is it just that outward collection that you deal with or do you have um, other information coming from within the university that you have to archive yourself? So UWR Archives has a number of collections relating to the university's predecessor organisations and also this large external collection relating to the history of Heathrow. Um, so the collections relating to the university's predecessor institutions are collections relating to things like the London College of Music, which is part of UWL, and also various different nursing colleges relating to Berkshire and Reading um, and other parts of West London, which have all been amalgamated uh, at some point to form part of what is now UWL. Um, also the uh, Ealing School of Art, which is another predecessor organisation, and the London Geller College of Hospitality and Tourism, which is another part of UWL. And um, we have historical archives relating to all of these um, predecessor organisations within the archive. And um, they are all separate little collections because each of these um, departments or schools are separate and have been brought together under the one University of West London umbrella. So we have historical collections relating to UWL predecessor organisations and also Heathrow in terms of the Heathrow archive, which is the external collection. So it, it is a combination really. And how did you come about um, acquiring the Heathrow archive then? Um, so the Heathrow Archive um, came to UWL prior to 2017, which is when I joined. Um, and what happened was the UWL um, London Geller College of Hospitality and Tourism, LGCHT, they have um, some courses related to aviation, so things like airport management. And um, students and lecturers have a relationship with Heathrow in that I believe there are some visits to the airport by some students and lecturers where the it was discussed or, or it was noticed that there were some uh, archives and artefacts relating to the history of Heathrow, um, which had previously been displayed at a visitor centre which existed at Heathrow until about 2006. So the 
lecturers and students who then returned to UWL um, started a, a dialogue between UWL and Heathrow about UWL acquiring these materials to display them for the benefit of the students, but also the wider community and local area to have a collection relating to Heathrow, which is a significant local landmark in the West London area. And it's um, a huge thing which impacts lots of people's lives in West London. It's a huge employer. People travel through it daily on a daily basis in huge numbers. So um, it's significant to have a collection relating to Heathrow at UWL because UWL is in West London. It hosts aviation related courses. So it seemed like a, a good idea to have something at UWL related to Heathrow. And that is how the um, project started off basically to bring the Heathrow archive to UWL and then have uh, a project around this to catalogue the materials and make them available to the wider public and also to install a permanent exhibition looking at the history of Heathrow right back to 1946 when it started off up to the um, sort of 2000s which is when the collection sort of ends. The project to catalogue the Heathrow archive and install the permanent exhibition on the history of Heathrow at UWL was made possible due to general, generous funding from the National Heritage Lottery Fund, also Heathrow themselves and also UWL. So what type of material is in the collection? Okay, so the collection is a real mixture of different types of materials. So there's a combination of artefacts, so things like um, model aircraft. And when I talk about model aircraft, I'm really not talking about sort of small um, replica aircraft. I'm talking about quite large items. Um, so things like, oh, I'm just thinking the sizing. You, to describe one of the, the model aircraft on the shelf, it probably takes up approximately sort of a metre and a half or two metres. So they're really quite large items. So we have a selection of these model aircrafts. We also have a um, selection of souvenir items, um, which would have been either handed out on uh, on um, flights or perhaps um, items which uh, airlines were, were stored on aircraft as that, things like crockery or things that were used on the aircraft um, but in um, collaboration with those sorts of materials there's also lots of materials which which relate directly to Heathrow and not just aviation so things that relate to London airport as it was known so that would be things like um, pamphlets and brochures on London airport also lots of photographs and images of London Airport back in the 40s and 50s, um, some plans or brochures of, of the airport and it, some development works that were taking place there. We also have a really interesting document, which is, um, a, we call it the Heathrow Property Transaction Register, which basically details lots of property transactions from 1945 onwards, um, which were transactions to expand the aircraft site and these are um, stored with maps and um, plans of the 
airport and they were really this is a really interesting document which we have um conserved and have digitized we are just in the process of um acquiring those digital images of that material so that there is a variety of different types of materials and documents within the collection so artifacts traditional archives but then also more recently we have got some digital images of the um archives as well so it is a mixture and how about the material that you have from the different um, original colleges that have finally made up University of West London? Is there a variety of material from those as well? There definitely is. Yep. So um, it does vary. So I mentioned um, a group of nursing colleges, which we have a number of really interesting medals and also some photographs of students. Um, so it is a mixture um, of artefacts and archives. Again, um, probably more on the side of archives in um, terms of the materials that we have for predecessor colleges. Um, other items that we have are, include for the LGCHT, which is the Hospitality and Tourism College. We have a really interesting collection of photographs from when the college first opened as the Acton Hotel and Catering College back in 1948. So we have these amazing photographs from the early stages in the, the life of the college. And um, those are, those, all of those images have been scanned and are available digitally. Um, we also have a really interesting collection of um, food menus um, and layouts of a restaurant, which was in-house. Um, it was like a teaching restaurant for students to be able to learn how to not only um, learn how to to um, cook cuisine but also how to lay out and how to serve um, customers so that's uh, another really interesting document we also have um, various other documents relating to the other colleges so for example for Ealing School of Art we've got a really interesting magazine created by graphic students from 1968 which is really colourful and using some really amazing artwork to produce that um, and then we also have various different um, documents relating to more recent years of the university in its um, various different forms that it had prior to being UWL. It was also Thames Valley University. So we have some materials relating to its existence as Thames Valley. So that includes some photographs and also some documents just relating to the, um, the university in, in, in its form back in the 90s. Um, and yeah, basically lots of photographs, lots of pamphlets, lots of magazines. So maybe students and staff magazines. We also have materials relating to the London College of Music. So for the London College of Music, we have some former student records. Um, very, very patchy, not complete at all. I mean, we really just have like a random, um, random ledger of, of um, student information. Then we also have some information relating to students in terms of their certificates and their examination reports and things like piano forte playing, um, that, that sort of thing really. So it is a real mixture, a complete mixture, because there's lots of courses uh, or schools at UWL which teach um, a real range of different um, uh, subjects and courses. So 
the types of materials that you'll find in the UW archive is really quite varied and um, covers a real broad spectrum of, of different disciplines. So it's a real interesting mixture of materials. It does sound incredibly diverse. Who accesses this material? You must have some interesting inquiries. Um, yeah, yeah, we certainly do. Um, the majority of the inquiries, I would say, um, have come through from people interested in family history and um, people that may have attended, for example, the London College of Music or another one of the predecessor organisations. But then we also get an awful lot of inquiries from researchers who are interested in the materials for their research purposes. So we've had people interested in the history of Heathrow um, and in the history of uh, aviation generally who've come in to use the collection and have a look at the materials. Um, so generally speaking, yeah, we have a, a, a range of different inquirers who, who use the materials, but it would mainly be the people looking at finding out about an ancestor who they knew attended a particular school, which is now um, in its current form part of UWL, um, but also researchers who are interested in, um, for example, the Ealing School of Art, because the Ealing School of Art was attended by um, a few celebrity faces so people like uh, Freddie Mercury attended the Ealing School of Art and we also have people like Ronnie Wood and Pete Townsend who also attended the School of Art so you know there's a number of different um, ways in which people might want to access the material for their um, research purposes but we have had a few inquiries relating to um, celebrities who have attended UWL and it's previous forms um, unfortunately we don't have a lot of uh, we don't have any student materials relating to the Ealing School of Art so uh, in those occasions we, we are not necessarily able to help them but we do have some other materials which were produced by students around the same time who attended the Ealing School of Art so we can still offer some other um, material which may also be interesting and provide some sort of um, background images or, or certain, certainly background um, information about the type of things that the students were looking at or, or studying back in the um, 60s. So um, those are the, the sorts of inquiries and the type of use we have had of the material so far. Oh. As the first archivist for this collection, what type of challenges have you come across? Okay, um, so certainly the the range of materials and, and all of the different predecessor organisations that certainly the beginning can make it complicated to work out a suitable cataloguing structure for the uh, many different predecessor collections all forming under the one UWL umbrella um, collection. So um, that was a challenge and sort of understanding all of the different previous colleges and how they fit into UWL's history. Um, that has made creating the catalogue tricky, but uh, in some ways it's just been um, easier to to separate all of the colleges and, and allow them to have their own catalogue because they they do really sit in their own right within UWL. So it, it serves the best way to just treat them like that within the catalogue. So that was one of the challenges. Um, I think as well, um, being a new department and trying to promote 
when I say new, actually, you know, the, the department or the, the archive has now been in place for approximately three years, which is quite a short space of time. Um, even though it is three years, it is still a short space of time for um, establishing a, an archive, which is relating to the history of the institution. So publicising and promoting the archive, even to internal departments, because there are so many different disciplines um, who may not necessarily think that or, or realise or, or certainly in the beginning think that their materials or, or their subject would necessarily benefit from the use of archive. But just being able to um, promote and speak to different departments and alert them to the, pos the endless possibilities of the use of the material in their work. Um, that is quite a challenge because there are quite a few and um, it's about building relationships and contacts within individual departments. Um, so that that is another challenge that I found with it, especially with it being new. Um, and many of the departments and lecturers are obviously extremely busy with the work of serving students and and ensuring that the students have a, an amazing experience at UWL. So in terms of then bringing in the use of archives into that work, that's obviously quite um, a challenge for them as well as me promoting it to them. So um, that's one of the, the issues I've found at the moment. Although we do, certainly with the archive, I have tried to expand the use as much as we can at UWL. So um, for example, there is the Dementia Care Centre at UWL um, and we have used the archive at events that the Dementia Care Centre have run in the past. So they have run things like the Imagination Cafe events, which is to bring lots of different um, sort of like multi-sensory um, therapies, if you like, together to help people living with dementia. So that will include not only historical images and documents and archives that you would find in the UW archive, but also music, um, arts and crafts, um various different types of um of uh sort of like sensory um therapies that can assist people living with dementia and um assist them in in their well-being and, and help them in any way so that that's one way that we've tried to use the archive in a different way to just um researching it for historical purposes but bringing it into other disciplines and enabling the use. I mean, the archives can be used uh, in a way to um, show students that how to use primary source materials and, and use different types of sources um, and just using a source and, and writing about it in a group or producing a presentation. So the use of the archive so the, the fact that it's a historical source isn't necessarily the, the main theme, but the fact that it can be used to um, help build study skills within students is another way that we can try and encourage its use and expand its use across the university. Gosh, that's a lot of work you put into it. What are your hopes for the future of the archive then? Um, I think... For UW Archives, it would be great to build it further in that we can expand the collections further. So it would be great to expand external collections. So at the moment, our only external collection is the Heathrow Archive, but it would be amazing to build on that and to acquire collections from external organisations, which directly relate to the courses taught at UWL. As I've mentioned, there is a variety of courses um, that 
uh, taught at EWL and there's a variety of different ways in which I suppose we can appeal to lots of different uh, external organisations who may have archives or sources that they want to deposit and may decide to choose UWL to do that. So that's one way that it would be great to, to expand the collections, the external collections. But also there are a number of um, departments at UWL who are not necessarily represented within the archive collection. So it would be great to expand that and be able to have something relating to all of the different departments. I mean, some departments might be of the opinion that potentially some of the um, archives that they have uh, may not necessarily be old enough or, or they may not seem historically significant, but it's about bringing in the, um, the knowledge or understanding that, you know, what a um, department may not necessarily perceive as a historically significant document may be different to what we in the archive would consider historically difficult. So it would be nice to expand that knowledge and, and expand the awareness within the university of the archive so that all departments um, contact the archive and um, decide to transfer their documents to UW archives. So that's what we'd love for the future to basically build on the collections and have um, the collections have a more representative kind of sample of lots of different um, colleges at UWL and also the student body. So for example, at the moment, there's lots relating to the colleges, but it would be great to have more within the archive that represents the students and, and shows the student experience at UWL. Um, we've recently tried to um, appeal to across the university to donate materials relating to students' experience of the, um, the COVID-19 pandemic. So almost like an archive of COVID memories. Um, so we've had some bits and pieces and a lot of digital material as because during this period, a lot of us turned towards doing more digitally than we would have done um, prior, I think. So we have had some materials, but it would have been great to expand on that and even um, use that as a way of appealing further to the student body to share their experience of UWL and build more within the collections relating to the students as well as the um, departments. So yes, that's that's basically where we'd like to go on in the future. Oh. In your current collection, what is your favourite item? What appeals to you personally? Um, there's quite a lot of things that I quite like. Um, I have mentioned the um, Ealing School of Art 1968 graphic student magazine um, which is a really amazing document it's filled with some amazing examples of artwork produced by the students back in 1968 and um, it, it's quite like psychedelic with amazing colours and just amazing patterns and backgrounds for text and things like that so I really like that item um, but also I really enjoy looking at a document which is called the um, London Airport sign-in book I suppose is what oh, so it's called the London Airport visitor book and what this contains is from 1947 onwards it contains signatures from members of the royal family and other heads of state uh, who have visited Heathrow or 
or London Airport as it was known back in its early years. And um, it's just a really nice document to look through. I love looking at the signatures and the handwriting of the individuals who have signed the visitor book. Um, and it's interesting to see how some people like Winston Churchill have got their own page and their signatures there at the top. And then there's other pages which have got a whole host of signatures relating to, um, for example, ambassadors that visited London or, or the UK for a particular event and they travelled via Heathrow or London Airport, so they signed the sign-in book. And it ranges from 1947 up to 1977. And the final signature in the book is Princess Anne um, and her um, husband, uh, former husband, Mark Phillips. And I think it was just before they were to go on honeymoon after they'd got married. So that's um, that particular document. I really enjoy looking at it and looking at all the different signatures. And also some of them, we can't decipher who they are. So it's it's a bit of a puzzle. And it's interesting to be able to use things like paleography skills and just looking at the signature and see if you can work out who that person is. So there's one or two that are can, still a bit of a mystery, but that's another document that I really enjoy looking at lots of stories behind those signatures no doubt yeah definitely it's definitely one um to wonder why they were traveling where to what, what for what event and um we have compiled a, a spreadsheet to basically have a look at the dates that they were traveling and work out what important events were around the period um i think in the 50s though the early 50s there was the um, funeral of King George VI so there were some who were traveling because of that and then they were signed in the the book so it, it's a really interesting document. Yeah have you thrown that open to um, to detectives everywhere to try and decipher the signatures? Oh we've had a bit of an investigation mainly among other librarians within the department to see if anyone could work it out um, but yeah, no, maybe we could throw it out a bit further to see if there's there's one particular signature which just has no um, clue as to who the person is, even by the dates um, around it. So, yes, that would be possibly a nice thing to do in the future to get more people to engage with the material and see if they can work out who the signature is. Do you have things available online for people to look at? Um, so at the moment, we have a catalogue um, which lists all of the material, just the, the catalogue form of, of all descriptions of all of the items we have in the collections. Um, so that's um, constantly being added to where we receive um, additional items here and there from both departments, but also external. Um, we often get people sending us items relating to um, Heathrow and aviation. So we don't actually have materials available on like a digital platform for people to access. Um, so we have a, a catalogue, an online catalogue, which is available for people to search. Um, and that lists our collections by description. So you can search for a particular theme or subject and then you'll be um, met with a list of our items that match your search and you'll be able to then request to see those materials or um, we can see whether things could be copied or scanned and then sent over. So that's um, 
an, an option. But in terms of digital material, I mentioned that we have something called a Heathrow Property Transaction Register, which um, was in dire need of some conservation because many of the um, interesting plans and documents included had been sort of folded into it. So it needed to be separated from those so that they could be conserved and then um, appropriately packaged and stored so that they'd, um, we could preserve them for the future. So that particular document, we have digitised all of the pages and those are soon to be transferred to us by our um, conservation um, consultant company who, who are doing that work. And um, they will be available for people to view at some point in the future, whether that is um, online via um, a blog or some sort of um, publicity we use to publicise those, um, but also in terms of research, when people inquire about those, that document or, or subjects related to that document, we'll be able to um, provide them with the scans for them to use in their research. So that's how we have it at the moment. It is something that I think we would like to build upon and have more available um, digitally as um, shown through the COVID-19 pandemic um, where physical access to the material was limited. If you have more available online or digitally, it certainly makes things easier to access and easier to answer people's inquiries. So that's something we certainly would like to expand in the future. Are, where is your physical base? Where's the exhibition? Where's the archive? Are they in different places? Um, so they're in the same place, as in they're both at the um, University of West London Ealing campus, which is on St Mary's Road in Ealing. So the exhibition, which is an exhibition on the history of Heathrow from 1946 up to the present day, that is currently situated uh, on the ground floor of the UWL Ealing campus. And the Heathrow archive is situated within the UWL archive, which is on the third floor of the library. The library is also the archive is part of the library department at UWL, and um, but they are in close proximity to one another, um, and the exhibition is a really interesting look at the history of Heathrow, um, with some um, items, original items included, on display uh, alongside some audio material and also some video. Um, basically looking back at the, the history of the Heathrow over the last 70 odd years and a look at the future as well. So um, yes, that's basically the exhibition and the archive. Well, that definitely sounds worth exploring when things start opening up again. Yes, certainly. I think at the moment it's um, obviously subject to the current restrictions. It's not, the exhibition isn't available at the moment. However, um, as things begin to open up, obviously that we will assess the situation and consider how we will open up and when and what, what in what way um, but at the moment it is closed although our website so if you were to go on to um, even just to google uwl archive or Heathrow archive uwl you'll be met with um, our uh, web page which basically will get will update any information about opening the exhibition on there so um, that will provide you with some information about how to access the archive and the exhibition. Wonderful thank you so much for taking time to talk to us today Anne-Marie it's been so interesting hearing about as you say a new archive but it sounds like you've done so much impressive work in the short time you've been working there really fantastic. 
Oh, great. Thank you. Well, well, thank you very much for inviting me to talk about it. It's always a pleasure to talk about the archive collections and be able to um, publicise them a little bit and let people know that they exist and what we have. Um, but if anyone is interested in UWL and um, more specifically in the UW archive, it would be worth um, having a look at the UWL website, which is www.uwl.ac.uk. And um, you can search for the UWL archive or alternatively, you can have a look on the library page of the website, which will also provide you with a link to the UWL archive. So um, that's basically where we are, where you can find more information, not only about UWL, but also about the library and archive that we have there. So, And the many interesting things. Yes, definitely. It's really interesting. It's, it's um, a really... Um, the, the collection is so, uh, what's the word, so diverse and so covers lots of different subjects and topics due to the like diverse courses on offer, many of which are vocational and, and very interesting. Um, so it is like a really interesting collection with lots of different types of things. So definitely worth finding out more about. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to us about it today, Amory. No problem. That's great. Thank you. Again, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thanks.